0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outside Inside Radio. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ella Turen,
1: And I'm Kathy Foley-Meyer, your other co-host.
0: And we are here today with a phenomenal artist, Joey Kramer, who is an actor, and I would say like an all-around renaissance man, and also a global traveler, which <laughs> we'll get into. I love all the globe trotting. but Joey, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for being here and welcome.
2: Thank you very much. I am super excited to be here. It's going to be good. <laughs> I
0: can't wait. You know, you and I share uh, an art form, which is acting, which is one of my love. I wonder if you could talk about how you got into acting because you actually started acting at a very young age.
2: I did, yeah. I um, I did my first play when I was eight years old. Actually, it was um, South Pacific. I played one of the little Tunisian kids, got to sing and dance, and I didn't wash that man right out of my hair, like. But I, yeah, and so my mom actually worked at the university here in Vancouver. And uh, her boss was directing a a version of South Pacific University production and needed a little boy. And she said, hey, or he said, hey, you know, (laughs) do you want to? Yeah. Does your son want to be in? So she said, why don't you try it out? And I loved it. So that was that was the beginning of of my journey. And then things kind of went from there.
0: Yes. I was in my first play when I was five. I played Mrs. Claus and I also had, they spray painted my hair gray. I had like a big beehive hairdo. You know, it's funny because I don't remember the bug hitting me then until like much later. Do you remember even at that young age, what is it about acting that you love?
2: Well, you know what's neat? When you just mentioned school, it reminded me of Christmas pageants in school. And we would uh, learn these songs on the recorder and we would do these things where everybody held up a little square and it created <laughs> yes, yes. it created the word or the pattern or like, you know, Santa Claus on one side and then it would say Merry Christmas on the other yes. and we'd all stand together and sing silver bells or whatever. And it's interesting because I hadn't thought of that in so long until you mentioned it, but I used to love that as well. So I used to love imitating and mimicking just mm-hmm. growing up. Even before I ever was on the stage, I loved playing the Artful Dodger in Oliver, you know, Cones. To yourself at home, right and and I always wanted to be the artful Dodger and and also Greece I was a huge Greece fan and so I would sit in the living room and I'd dance out Grease lightning and, yes. and yeah yeah. It sounds like
1: musicals were really kind of influential.
2: Most definitely. I grew up on CBC radio, which is, um, you know, here in BC or Canada. And it was, so it was always classical music in the morning and then just really cool, eclectic music throughout the day. And and plus we had tons of records and I grew up on music and musicals. We went to the theater a lot, saw the Nutcracker every year and, and things like that. And because my mom worked at the university in the theater department, I would get to go and see university productions. But then also we, yeah, we had a friend who we could go and see stuff at the actual professional, the Queen Elizabeth theater in the Vancouver playhouse. And so, I mean, I remember seeing everything from <laughs> the importance of being earnest to, you know, guys and dolls to whatever, <laughs> like just, it was all over all, to operas. I would go to operas and stuff as well. And, and I just always loved music and theater.
0: So when did you know that this was something you wanted to do for a living?
2: Well, Well, I think, you know, what's funny is it's almost more recently now that I've started to get back into, (laughs) Into into it. Now that I've because I just kind of fell into it I did the South Pacific then some people were like you got to get that kid into acting so I started doing some commercials auditioning and oh, and nice. then I I got some commercials and then when I was 10 I got my first role in a feature film and it was you know a sci-fi thriller with Michael Crichton and Tom Selleck uh, was the cop and I was his son and Gene Simmons from Kiss was the bad guy and <laughs> kidnaps me at the end and it's this whole thing so and after that things kept happening and I did a murder she wrote and then I did the clan the cave bearer and which was amazing because it was all dressed up as a cave bear. I mean, there's four hours of makeup every morning and or not a cave bear, but a caveman. I, I had right. the you know, the big wig and full body paint and everything. But I really just fell into it and I always loved it. My mom always said, Do it just for fun and make sure that you enjoy it and, and see what happens. And then when I was twelve I had the big Disney movie Flight of the Navigator, mm-hmm. which kind of exploded everything. And I did a couple more films after that, one TV movie and then a local thing here on CBC television and I just by then I kind of was like it was a little overwhelming so I stopped and then life happened and so back to finish the question is what's interesting is that I life happened but I kept always coming back to the arts to music mm. to to just it was where my heart was at I've I've had multiple jobs over the years that I loved but they never sparked my soul the way that mm-hmm. uh when I would watch a good movie or read a good book or listen to beautiful music or uh, read a poem or see a painting like all sorts of aspects of art they were the ones that ignited my soul and so yeah I guess about seven years ago when I found out I was going to be a dad I went well okay is this really what I want to do with my life so I had these big changes and I thought well it's never too late to be who you might have been and so (laughs) I just went for it again and and now things are unfolding the universe is opening and reforming around me and I'm helping to shape it, which is amazing. So I love it. Yeah.
1: So I'm curious what in your creative process, like what do you feel is one of the more important things you've learned about yourself as you're going through all of the changes?
2: So... I think one of the hugest assets to my creativity now and the fact that I can follow my heart and just trust that I have creativity to give or that I have artistic value and stuff inside is is knowing myself, like know thyself. Mm -hmm. I I, uh, have found my authentic identity. I, I really lived many, many years kind of playing the part. I never really had settled into an identity. I was either a child's, Actor, or a child star, or I got into drugs and alcohol, and so I was—I was an addict. I was. A criminal. I was all of these identities, but never anything that I felt truly represented me. Right. And since I've done all this work over the past many, many years, off and on, I've slowly gotten glimpses of myself. And then and especially over the past four years since I was released after this most recent incarceration, I really have found myself. And mm. so...
1: Yeah, some of what you were talking about, those different identities, sometimes it seems like, I mean, I'm not an actor, but... It seems as if you're doing in adopting these identities, you're doing, you're sort of acting for other people, not, you know, on the stage, but in your life, you're performing a role, you're a child actor, then you're a former child actor, and people have expectations Mm -hmm. of all of those roles. And so I think it sounds like the challenge for you is to kind of throw all that aside and just accept yourself. I was just wondering if you could talk about how you got to your place of self-acceptance, like, Was there an event that happened? Was there, you know, did you just wake up one day and go, oh, I accept myself? I mean, that's usually not how it happened. Usually we're pushed to self-acceptance because we're faced with ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) We're faced with something that we just can't push aside. So I was just curious about that.
2: Well, most definitely. So the catalyst for me, finally looking in the mirror and And realizing that I had to change was finding out I was going to be a father. Mm -hmm. Um, I had tried to do things for myself. I tried to change. And I did learn things you know each time i say went through treatment or or had an epiphany or read an amazing book and started to learn but once selective was a part of the picture i couldn't go back anymore mm-hmm. so that was the main catalyst for change and what's so beautiful and amazing about that is through that i actually learned about myself and i learned that i am worthy of love of mm-hmm. self love of self acceptance, of all these things, and so then it shifted and it morphed into like a catalyst of self. Almost like I mm-hmm. finally I started to realize, oh, I'm not this horrible person. I've done mm-hmm. bad things, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not a bad person. Right? That mm. that shift and and so then I started to realize, okay, well, I would have things to offer the world and my experience and and everything can help me and hopefully help my daughter to learn. I can be there for her. And, and yeah, I think she was the main source.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's huge when you realize that you're going to be influencing another life. That is pretty hefty.
2: It is. And, um, I mean, there's, oh man, there's so many dynamics to my, my whole relationship and everything, but like, I'm not a full-time dad by any means, right? Mm-hmm. Because of her mom and I split and it was this whole thing and she has an amazing family, but we've got this family dynamic now, mm-hmm. she, mm-hmm. you know, she's got two dads and all this stuff. And so what I've found is that I'm still able to influence, which I'm so proud. of. That's about.
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Always. The other piece I'm curious about is if you can talk a little bit about your evolution of craft because folks may know you from Flight of the Navigator and you Mm -hmm. just also had a documentary about Flight of the Navigator and your life. And then you have other stuff that's coming out. So if people see things that you've done from the time when you were younger and then looking at the things that you are doing and are going to be doing, could you reflect a little bit on the evolution of your craft. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people who are not in a particular craft, it's easy to think, oh, you can just like show up and be an actor (laughs) And and that's how it happens. But it, it is a process like anything else. And I'm, I'm curious if you could speak a little bit to that, like what your process has been like of learning, of growing and sort of like developing as a performer.
2: I consider myself an actor. That's my craft. I've dabbled in music and poetry and writing and et cetera. I, I mean, I painted a little bit back in high school. I'd love it. What I've found as well is that I tried getting back into acting a few times throughout my life. in in my early 20s, and later in my 30s, etc. And I, I still didn't know myself, Mm. in a way. And so I didn't want to show the world who I was. I was scared Mm. of myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself, to be fully honest. I lived with a lot of self depreciation and hate. And so it's hard to fully express oneself, I think, artistically in any way, without being able to open up, kind of. And so I look at some of my favorite artists when I was an angsty teenager, um, (laughs) right, Pearl Jam, or Nine Inch Nails, or um, whatever tool and stuff, and, and just really heavy it's somehow they were able to tap in and use that pain and stuff to to express right yeah and I've had a few situations throughout my life where that has happened I've had a kind of an epiphany uh, like a moment of self-awareness whether it was that I didn't love myself or something and and then some sort of art came out of that I've written a couple songs and stuff that would be the example to circle back a little I tried getting Back into acting and when I would go to audition I didn't know myself and I had Mm -hmm. no Mm self-confidence so before I even walked into that room or before I even picked up a script to learn it I was saying in the back of my mind I'm gonna fail fail. there's no way Like, like who am I type of thing so once I started to kind of Bear myself open. And then I would see that my life didn't crumble apart. I could survive it. Then it gave me more freedom to let more things out. And then I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm not going to break kind of in short term. Um, and so the more that I let things out, then the more connected to myself I became. And when I would share something with someone and they wouldn't run away or they wouldn't hate me or dislike me or not accept me because of some vulnerability that I shared, then I realized, okay, I can be my real self underneath. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm totally going round about answers, but they're so <laughs> so huge as far as... Finding my craft and everything and really being able to come into what I'm doing now. So I released the documentary, Life After the Navigator, which was a huge cathartic journey into myself. And I Mm -hmm. talked and talked and talked about things (laughs) that I hadn't (laughs) talked about in forever. Some things I'd never shared with anyone.
0: And to do that in a public, such a public way is huge.
2: And yeah, and what I would love to share with people, once I said my worst fears and my worst mm-hmm. regrets and my worst, you know, secrets out loud, they no longer had power over me. And I just, I was free of them, right? In some small way at first. And then the more that I would share, it released the hold that they had on me because for so long, all that negative energy and all those negative thoughts just held me in place and held me down and now I'm free of it I can come on a podcast or go on a you know even a video and be like yeah well I was homeless and wired to heroin for many years and I went to jail and I did all this and people are like what how can you just say all that and well it's it's part, it's, true, right.
0: it's, right, exactly. it's
2: part of me. It's true, right? Exactly. Survived all and, of yeah, it. Yeah, and I wouldn't be who I am today without having gone through all of those things. Exactly. You know, I've been asked, you know, would you change anything? Do you wish you did things differently? And I, I really can't say that I would because even through all the pain and all of the heartache and traumas that I've been through, they brought me to where I am today, and I wouldn't change that for the world. I'm like, mm. oh, I wish i you know, maybe I could have done it 10 years earlier and had a little bit more time, but (laughs) it's all working out.
0: Yeah, you would not have had the same kind of insight. I mean, even if you, if you did do it earlier, you wouldn't be the same person that you are right now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so insightful, the way that you're talking about how your self-reflection and your self-insight is actually important to the development of your craft and vice versa. I feel like it's kind of like one thing impacts the other because as actors, like our whole job is to be vulnerable, right? Like (laughs) we have to take on these characters and you have to kind of shed yourself. But in order to have insight into a character, you have to know a few things. You have to like recognize emotions and recognize like points in people's stories, even if you've never experienced that. The point is like, you're supposed to find some way in, you're supposed to find some point at which you can relate or build that kind of emotion. You can't tap into emotions that you've never actually experienced. I mean, you can, but I think that's also part of it. Like it's so much easier if you know what sorrow feels like, if you know what happiness feels like, if you know what sadness feels like and you can tap into that.
2: Also, what's happened is over the past few years since I've been getting back into acting, even the first few things I did, it was like a few short films and stuff just for fun and kind of trying out somebody's new camera or, and, and doing <laughs> it. And then more and more, I was like a little bit more selective in, in stuff because I went, oh, wow, I'd actually like to bring something and to make someone think about something. So oh, I lost it. <laughs> I him, but... That's okay.
1: That's okay. <laughs> no worries. You know, one of the things we ask a lot of our guests. So, as a performer, can you maybe think about a prompt for our audience to get in touch with like a part of themselves and start that creative journey of discovery? I mean, how do you approach a character?
2: So, when I listen to a song or see a piece of art or read a poem, or watch a good movie, it, what it does for me is that it makes me feel a way, a think a different way, and or perceive the world around me in a different way. And so for an artist out there, and I truly believe that we're all artists in our own way, it's a matter of when we can get out of our own way, mm-hmm. trust our hearts, and just breathe into that space and let it happen, that's where the most mm-hmm. creative stuff comes from, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be a writer, don't. It's like don't force yourself to write. Just sit down and just let the pen move, kind of thing. Mm. If if you want to be a a painter or you want to sing, well, do it because you love it and do it for yourself, and then things will follow, right? Things will you'll connect with other people like minds, and so the couple of songs that I wrote. Mm-hmm. They came from a place of real pain, of mm-hmm. turmoil, of trauma. And what's interesting is I've tried to kind of write things recently, and because things are pretty good, I haven't really been able to. <laughs> so, I, so there's that for musicians or whatever. I mean, for anything, you kind of need a muse of some mm-hmm. sort. Or And for me, for many, it, it was my own pain and stuff. It's like what ignites your soul What Mm. gives you goosebumps and and what is your why? A lot of people Mm -hmm. talk about that too, but that was a huge one for me. So I'm going to steal a quote, but do I want to be an actor or do I want to be famous?
0: Big difference. Do you want to be an artist
2: or do you want to be a famous artist? Do you want to be a musician or do you want to be a star? Because Mm -hmm. we can do our craft without receiving any accolades for it. And I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes those are the most rewarding uh, we were talking about monologues earlier and I've just sat there and done something over and over and, and then I've gotten these goosebumps and had tears pouring and reading, uh, you know, and I was doing it in front of myself, like just for myself and it felt so good. And I almost didn't want to share it with anyone <laughs> because it was <laughs> such an amazing experience. So there was a few things in there, I think it <laughs> yeah. came out. It was good. I,
0: I love the thinking about what's your why and that being such a core. I mean, that question, if one can answer it, gets at so many things, right? Yes. Not only what's your why and how does that relate to creativity, but what's your, your why, why in life? life. Like, you yeah. know, like,
2: yeah. It's giving me goosebumps talking about it. It totally is. I'm like, I'm just, and yeah. Like,
0: we don't ask ourselves that question enough. I think we're not challenged to ask that question enough. It's like
2: mm-hmm. a lot of
0: times it's just we have like a path that we think we're supposed to go on. It's like mm-hmm. all right, are so supposed to go to school, and then you're supposed to get a job, and then you're right. supposed to so do get this. Married. Get married, then have kids. It's like, right. but why? Right. <laughs> it's like asking ourselves, why are we doing these things, and for? for what like like you said like what is the thing that ignites you and yeah. using that as the way to like forge your path is so much more interesting first of all. Oh <laughs> so it's absolutely.
2: true. Yeah. And if your why doesn't make you cry, they say mm-hmm. it should. It's probably not your, not not really your why. why. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: it doesn't um, stir something up inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not your why.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like we slowed down during the pandemic enough where a lot of people were asking themselves that question yes. yeah. and the answers they were coming up with prompted a lot of, you know, changes and location and lifestyle and all sorts of things. So yeah, I think you have to slow down to ask yourself that question.
0: You do. You do. Absolutely. So that's our invitation this week. Folks is. What's, what's your, your why? why? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, that's it. What's your why? And then write why? or draw or sing or, act, you know, create. <laughs> create. Create a monologue. Create yeah. It. Create about it. It's, that's, yeah, love it. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joey, for being here and sharing with us what your why is. I think we know <laughs> that it's your little one um, who sounds like she's not so little anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> but we really appreciate you being here with us and sharing your journey and your wisdom with our audience.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I yeah, she's definitely my why, although the cool thing is that I am also my why these days. Yes. Right? yes. And I Love think it. exactly. That's something really important for us to remember is that it's okay to allow ourselves to be our own reason for for doing, right? And yes. for being yes. and for and for um, making our lives better right we we often we are worthy for other people we are worthy you are worthy out there you are and um thank you i've had a great time yay yay (laughs) thank you joey
0: thanks joey you've been listening to outside inside radio brought to you by the prison arts collective prison arts collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. We are based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Arts and Corrections, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. If you'd like to respond to this week's prompt, send an email to pacradio4 at gmail.com. That's P-A-C radio and the number four at gmail.com with the subject line outside, inside prompt. We'll select responses to be broadcast on the show during the season. We look forward to hearing from you.